You're listening to the ROE, episode 10. with a very special guest, my friend and fellow Colombian, Sandra. Sandra, say hi. Hi, hola. So Sandra, tell us a little bit about yourself and what we're going to be talking about. Thank you, Rico. Uh, just thank you so much for welcoming me to the show. I'm excited not just to participate today, but especially for you. Um, we talked about the journal that I have online, and, and it's so great to have this avenue. And I've been following your podcasts, and I'm excited at the development and the different topics. And I just want to welcome folks to hear this, to link up with Rico and, and share your perspective on things. Oh, Tell you a little bit about my – you're welcome. Oh. A little bit about myself. I am Colombian. I was born and raised up to about 10 years old Viva in Colombia. Viva mi gente. Viva Colombia. So I have a Colombian foundation. After that, we came to the States. I'm a New Yolumbian, New Yorican, New Yolumbian. Yep. Uh, grew up in Queens, New York. Um, excited about everything that I saw, that just everything was different, and that was pretty cool. Joined the military and got to know the rest of the U.S. Uh, served in the Army for four years. After that, I got out. Of, I got out. I went to school four and a half years later. Um, I had two bachelors, one in communications and another one in criminology and a master's in industrial and labor relations. Mm -hmm. I was recruited by GE Aviation and went on to work in North Carolina, beautiful Wilmington. Mm -hmm. Got a chance to experience the low country a little bit. Um, and uh, five, six years after that, I got married, uh, married into the Air Force. I crossed into the blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been a, an uncomfortable stay-at-home wife since then. We have three children. We're now in Germany. And, um, and I maintain part-time work as a transition assistance facilitator, so helping people get out of the military and kind of I, I describe it as the opposite of a drill instructor. Mm -hmm. Drill sergeants take civilians into military people and teach them the customs and the ways and the language. Mm -hmm. And so what I do part-time around military bases, Marine Corps, uh, Army posts, and Air Force bases, is that I help people that are getting out of the military, whether voluntarily or retirement or with these cutbacks, okay. and, and help them find work, uh, primarily helping kind of find themselves, I say, you know, you have an opportunity. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? So let's explore that. Right. And that's what I do now. I love to cook and dance and, um, and, and chat. So here we go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to be talking about today? We are going to be talking, sharing ideas about something that I've been noticing a lot lately. And that is... How, how folks typically in conversation, whether it be on Facebook, social media conversation, whether it be in, professionally or in love, romantic relationships, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, how 
there's a trend to say what feels right as opposed to what the truth is. So I've noticed this this trend of people saving face, but then going back and, and kind of rethinking, man, I didn't really feel that. I didn't really mean that. Or that's really not how I feel, but I just said that. Mm -hmm. So just kind of that honesty, dishonesty, balance and conversation. All right. So one of the things I have noticed, especially on social media, and everything is people say face because they don't want to hurt other people's feelings or basically they know they can be unfriended at any time. For example, the way I use social media, I don't always have a filter. So I usually just say what I mean. I made a really bad Puerto Rican joke and I got unfriended and blocked. It was the first time that ever happened. And I was really like shocked because the Puerto Rican who I made the joke about is way more offensive than me. So <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but at the same time, I could care less. <laughs> wow. But, but without a conversation, without, dude, what, what was that about? So he posted up a picture. I made a bad Puerto Rican joke and he unfriended me and blocked me. Ah, what was the joke? <laughs> I don't know if I should repeat it. Now, I, that's intense, but I, so, so what was your intent? My intent? That? Well, this guy's always coming up with like really good quips and everything or like yeah. ways to put people down. And then yeah. he, after that, he's like, oh, too soon? And people are like, yeah. So it was kind of like I was throwing back his own humor back at him. And he didn't like that. I was like, oh, well, que coma mierda. Que coma mierda. Translation for, for our non-Spanish speaking friends, que coma mierda is eat shit. And it's, <laughs> it's the Colombian version of eat poop, you know, S-H-I, eat poop. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the Colombian version of saying, whatever, I don't really care, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would just, man, as, as a card-carrying social scientist, I would just be really interested in, in having the conversation from his perspective. And I think it's, it's one of the things that, that I've experienced and that, you know, we've talked about this before is the cultural differences Having been, for me, having been raised in Colombia, that's my foundation. Yes, I've been in the United States for longer than, than half of my life. And now we've lived in Europe, traveling and experiencing Europe and, and kind of that, the cultural ways here. But my foundation, the core of who I am is Colombian. And, and Colombian raised a punta de chancla. You know, you did something right and you were rewarded, maybe. You did something, you thought about doing something wrong. And, and you, it was noticed and you were corrected immediately. Yep. Um, and one of those things was, was conversation. And so I think it develops us, the people like, like myself, like you, into kind of being very aware of our environment. But we carry that quick, sarcastic, kind of anything for a laugh type of thing. So 
you know, having grown up with that foundation, I experience a lot of moments where I'm in conversation with people and, and I feel like I'm an alien. Like, wait a second. That's not what you just said before this other lady got here. You were mm -hmm. saying something totally different. And, and so in my mind, you know, why, why is this person not being honest? I see that she's being kind, but the truth is that she wasn't being kind. Um, getting back to your friend, I would be just so interested in talking and trying to find out why. Why did you decide to unfriend him, at least without the conversation? How, you know, if, if you say that he comes from kind of that quick snap humor, yeah, then one would assume, okay, he can, he can dig it out. He can, he can dish it and he can take it. Right. So why didn't he, was he uh -huh. offended? Did he not care enough about the relationship to, to say, damn it, como mierda, what the, what the heck, dude, that's, <laughs> you know, and, and it goes back. I, I venture to guess that it's that reason why he didn't want to have that conversation is kind of what happens, for example, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed at the amount of posts in any given person, the percentage of the posts of any given person that are positive and happy and look at what I'm doing and look at where I'm at and look at who I saw, as opposed to I'm having a tough day today. Gosh, I want to choke my children. Or <laughs> my husband is driving me crazy. Why do we not do that? I don't, I don't do that. I am 99 positive. Maybe I'll sneak in one or two negative or, or real posts, you know? Right. I've seen the opposite of that, actually. I've seen the majority of people, I think it takes a certain kind of person that just kind of like go on there and whine and, oh, feel sorry for me. And, oh, look at my life, how horrible it is. And, I, you know, I, I grew up on tough love, so I just kind of want to tell them, you know, you are not... Uh, a homeless person living in Poland, living for scraps, you know, right, right. playing music on the street, or you are not a Chinese immigrant sniffing glue under a bridge somewhere in Czechoslovakia. Like yeah. Your life is, is okay. Yeah. And I think people just do it as a way to reach out to not necessarily just strangers, but also people that are kind of there virtually for them. Because these are people that I see every day and I ask them how they're doing, and they're like, I'm doing great. How are you doing? And then I see their Facebook posts, and they're like, I hate my life. <laughs> it's like, so I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> Do you think that, you know, the thought that just came to my mind is that, is that we, we're living kind of parallel lives. There's my Facebook life, there's my work life, and then there's my at-home real life. And even further, you know, there's my outside of work, my social life with the friends that I really, really, really know. And then the mm -hmm. friends that I'm just kind of getting to know, you know, and I think kind of bringing it, you know, do, do we have these different parallel lives that we're living? And therefore, are we attaching different scripts and degrees of honesty with each of these? I think it goes even further than that. I think it jumps into... Are we being honest with ourselves? Are we being honest with the people who we're in relationship with? Because like I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, 
we just got into this conversation about the club and going out and getting, you know, messed up or whatever. And just, you know, saying a bunch of curse words and everything. <laughs> and I was on speakerphone. I didn't notice. And his girlfriend was shocked. She was just like, oh, my God, do you talk like this? Your friend has such a dirty mouth and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he was like, nah. <laughs> like, like, it was crazy. You know, I think, I think that gets to the heart of, of the gist for me. I think that being honest with others has to first start with being honest with ourselves. And there's a fear in that. There's a fear in, in that honesty. Because honesty, from my perspective, means a couple of things. Number one, it means vulnerability. No, we don't have all our stuff together. No, I'm not at the place in my life where I thought I would be at this time, of, of, mm-hmm. you know, at this age. So, it re- And it also responsibility. When we're honest with ourselves and we're saying, Sandra, you're, you want to have your body, your pre-baby body back, but you're enjoying croissants and wine, you know, like <laughs> that style. You know, there's a huge responsibility to say, as opposed to, gosh, I'm really watching what I'm eating and really working out hard. Well, are you really doing that? And when, you, when you're honest and you realize, no, I'm not doing the best I can, mm-hmm. that, that's a responsibility. Holy crap, I have work to do. I think it also implies surrender. You know, when, when, when you're talking with somebody else and you're giving them who you really are, Mm-hmm. You're surrendering to what they will do with that information. And so many of us have been hurt so many times that that's, you think twice before opening your mouth or, or you had, you know, a drink and you're feeling good or, or you're relaxed, or maybe you're feeling overburdened by life in general. And you catch yourself having a drink with someone or going for a run with someone and it just kind of comes out like a valve, like a pressure valve. Yeah. There's a huge surrender in giving kind of your, your true self to somebody else. I wish that more of us would practice just being honest. It's not easier, but I think it's less complicated in the long run. Yeah, putting all the cards on the table. You know, and it, and it doesn't, you know, I, you know, I, you've, you've heard that expression being brutally honest. Mm-hmm. I know that those of us like yourself and, and, and those of us that like conversation, like current events are not afraid mm-hmm. to share it. We're smart folks. We, we, it, being brutally honest is dangerous because we can so easily fall into the brutal, just like you did with your friend's joke. Right. 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 Okay? as it's it's honest but but it's brutal but i just you don't have to be a jerk or be honest you can be a kind honest person Mm -hmm. you don't have to tell someone sandra stop eating those darn croissants because your butt's getting big you know you could (laughs) you could say talking to myself here right you got to start with love you got to start with yourself You you could say the same things in different ways you can say you know are you, have you logged what you're eating and what are you looking, you know, what, what is it showing you? But, you know, it just, it kind of, 
spreading that beyond, let's say, in a work environment. You know, is this is this really everything that you could have given? Uh, did you exhaust all resources? You don't have to say the way that we kind of are quick to respond. I've noticed, you know, even when even just standing at the checkout line, if you're three or four people back and the person that's paying makes a mistake or is taking a second too long or drops her keys, you know, two people will look at each other and kind of be in, in mockery of that. Kind of, it's this quick unkindness. What is that about? That's like instant, instant distaste for someone, but it's really a reflection of what people are feeling. It's not really directed towards them or that person's fault because they don't have it together at that moment. It's kind of like this person is in a hurry, they're impatient, and they're reflecting these negative feelings towards a perfect stranger. And it's very unfortunate the way these feelings have developed that it's like you could see it you could see disappointment in people's faces you can see unhappiness you can see negativity and you can even see outbursts directed towards you when you haven't done anything at all right and, and in this day and age you're too quick i mean there's just so much kind of coming our way and and we fault for that to be able to say really just kind of stop and be in the moment and say and be honest, right? Really to just kind of get to the heart of it and say, wait a second, I just took 15 seconds as opposed to 10. In the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot. This person is upset. I'm not upset. I'm going to be okay. But it happens so quick that we respond with a dirty look back, right? Or, um, or we respond with what? Or am I take, or the sarcastic, am I taking too long? You know, and then the person, I've, I see this happen so much. It's kind of that quick interchange of crap. We're not getting to the heart of things. We don't do it in conversations. You know, I, I, there's, a, there's a social group that I have. You've seen pictures of, of my, my social group, the more popular one. which, And, and the, the conversations that are had in the group are so different than the ones that are had one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm fascinated by that. It's the same four people. You know, it's the same cafe, but, but it's different. And so what drives that? I think it's that open honesty that you're talking about, that surrender to people that are like-minded. Yeah. You don't get that with perfect strangers. You don't get that with people that even that you've known for years because they don't really get you. Maybe they think you're weird or you kind of have that subconscious, they're going to think I'm weird or they're going to think I've gone too far or they have no idea that I secretly want to tell them that their hair sucks today. <laughs> <laughs> or that I'm broke or that, you know, my marriage is falling apart or that I can't handle my children. And it's so right. It goes back to the self, you know, mm -hmm. we, and it's so exhausting. If you really think about it, this, this honesty that we, that we feel like we need to carry. It's so exhausting because, you know, I'm part of, I'm part of this study and, we are to submit um, some responses to questions in video on video. And look, I am in my robe, hair up. You know, if I'm outside and I'm by the packs, I did a video by the packs. But you get these staged responses, and I'm just thinking, I could do that, but man, that takes a long time. And I don't want to get dressed and do my hair and and position the light right, just right. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just. 
me just say by no means am I saying that I do this perfectly. No, it's because I don't do it perfectly that I that I'm excited to talk about it. No. You know what I want to do now? You kind of just inspired me to do this. Probably take one time a week to just give like a straight, honest post on whatever you're thinking about. No matter what it is, just kind of see how people react. And I'll call it honesty moment. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. I've been thinking about that. And I've been and I've been and, and I've been thinking about that like on Facebook. Just to just to shoot out like a picture that says, you know, kind of no holds bar Tuesday or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. This is the opportunity for you. And I and I've even been been thinking about like of course I wouldn't. I don't I have three kids and I don't have the time, but creating like an alternative Facebook where you would tell it like it really is. You know <laughs> people, what I mean? <laughs> people that I know, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. I met somebody last week that said they have a secret Facebook group where they just go back and forth on videos. And it's kind of like their dark side where right. they go back and forth on like crazy videos like the uh, – <laughs> All the things that are like ghetto, hot mess and all that. And they make fun of it. And they make fun of like real people or people that they know socially and everything. But it's only in this group. Like it's awesome. it's hidden from everybody else. Why? Are they bad mouth other people? Because they don't feel like they could tell anybody else what they're thinking. Because other people think they're nuts. Or the risk of the judgment. That's right. That's, exactly. that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, so, and so then another question that surfaces why remain friends with the other 564 people? You know, why go to those dinners or lunches or, or, yeah, I'd love to meet up when you really don't want, when you really don't want to do that. Why? I think it's, I think they're just venting moments though. I don't think that they actually have hatred for these people. Like I have friends that get on my nerves sometimes and I'll vent to other friends about them or I'll vent about my relationship or something like that. And it doesn't mean that, I absolutely hate this person and I'm just going to drop them just like that just because it, it bothers me. It's that acceptance, right? That acceptance right. of others. I have my quirks and my flaws and I probably get on a lot of people's nerves. But <laughs> the only people that actually tell me are the people that who I cross the line with that are close to me. They're like, hey, you crossed the line. And I'm like, oh, I apologize. And that's it. <laughs> and buy and the next round. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Buy the I'll buy the next round. Exactly. <laughs> Done. <laughs> That was easy. <laughs> ah. You know, I, I think you know, as in the spirit of honesty, I have difficulty with that balance. You know, I mm -hmm. feel um, kind of um, on demand. My time is on demand more than it, it has been before. The children mm -hmm. balancing being at home and, and all this time that's never enough time, right, that I didn't have when I was working 55-hour work weeks, you know, HR, mm -hmm. 700 and some employees. So mm -hmm. I just feel like my time is in demand, and I feel this, this, this lack of um, organization, kind of where do people fit in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And the easy go-to for me is I really, really like you, and I want to spend lots and lots of time with you and developing our conversation and, and our relation, developing our relationship through conversation. Or you know what? you just kind of do get on my nerves and I don't really have time for that right now. So kind of push to the side. So that's a developmental opportunity for me and talking through it. I think the key is an organization. 
Hmm. organizing categories of, of folks, let's say social networks, not, not Facebook, but in-person social right. networks, so that we don't make those um, kind of quick ju judgments and take those high risks too quickly mm -hmm. to say, I just met this person for the last year. Maybe I met them three months ago and we're talking about you know, the, the, the awesomeness and then the difficulties of each other's marriages or something like that. But I don't really know them yet. So that's a huge, huge risk that, that is taken on kind of quickly. And I should add that mil being a military life, we kind of have that two-year, three-year timeline for relationships. Yeah, I would say for the majority of the people, yeah, but the very few, like yeah. the few people that have always supported me or the very few people that have always kept in contact with me are the ones that really wanted to because I only had email. I didn't get social media for a long time. So everybody right. else would just kind of write me on email and say, hey, what's going on? Let me know how you're doing. The rest of the world just kind of said, this guy just disappeared. Like to them, they had no idea that I was still here. Mm. So, but yeah, uh, we're running out of time here. So I really appreciate this conversation. I really I appreciate you coming on the show and everything. You said you had a blog. I'd love to share it with everybody. I do. I do. Um, oh, you caught me off guard there. It is, it is an <laughs> online journal. Um, it is my journal. Uh, it started as a way for me to leave um, some, I guess you would say, hard documents for my children so they could get to know me when they became adults and kind of the path that I was on, it is a faith-based blog, and um, the address is withthesehands.blog.com. Perfect. I, I would really like to thank you, and and I, I'm a woman, so I need to recap. <laughs> Gender <laughs> yeah, communication, that, that'll be the next one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Like women are from Venus and all that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> But you know, the, it, it's an, I, I really just want to encourage folks to talk through things in the in the most honest way possible. Even in this conversation, and just just that interchange, not pretending to sound like something, not not thinking, just thinking about kind of the moment and, and the growth. Um, mm -hmm. To really just kind of have that self conversation with what is important to you, what is it that you're going to stand for. What is it that you're not? And then to organize those relationships that you have to better understand that. For me, I take away a huge lesson in, in just kind of that organization so that I'm not so dramatic in my yes all in or no all out, but just kind of have that balance. And I thank you for that. That's, that's awesome. I thank you for that. Yeah. Be true to yourself. Be true to others. And if you don't buy the next round, que coma mierda. Que coma mierda, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rico. Thank you, Sandra. Talk to you soon. All right. This podcast was brought to you by Buffalo Industries.
See, I'm taking you back, Rico. Okay, if you've ever flown Avianca Airways, <laughs> you might be Colombian. <laughs> you might be Colombian if there were bunk beds on the side of your airplane. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> oh, my God. You might Damn. be Colombian if um, las abuelitas would pull out a bottle of aguardiente to calm your nerves. 